Hey everybody, this is Zachary Levi, and you're listening to Chuck versus the Podcast. Hi, my name is Graham Jones, but you can call me Gray. This is my show. It's about Chuck. It's filled with interviews, the latest news, crazy co-hosts, and spoilers that'll make your day. Oh wait, wait, I need to go back. I host these TV nights. They used to be pretty boring, but everything changed when I found NBC's new show, Chuck. Pretty soon, my TV night got pretty crowded. Guys I didn't even know were showing up the door. Big important guys. Really scary, nasty, get killed for hosting them guys. Next thing I know, these super episodes are downloaded into my brain. Which means every moment of my life, I'm thinking about Chuck. ChuckTV.net sent their top people to protect me. That's Mel and Liz. They're pretty zany. They co-host with me now as a cover. So now I must welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast. The number one TV podcast for NBC's Chuck. This is Gray, and I want to welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, episode 34 for Saturday, December 19th, 2009. It's just me this week. Mel and Liz aren't here, but we do have a packed episode, and you're going to hear from Mel in not one, but two interviews later in the episode. Um, This episode, we have detailed answers to specific questions, including an interview with Robert Seidman from the ratings website tvbythenumbers.com. This is a great site to bookmark. For instance, right now, if you were to go to the site, you see the breaking news that White Collar, the great news show featuring Matthew Bomer, who played Bryce Larkin on Chuck, has been renewed for a second season. Also, we see that House is going to return two weeks early to compete with Chuck's Monday return. Um, Also in this episode, we have an interview with the brainchild of the exciting upcoming event, Chuck Fest. And this is Mark Stevens, who Mel caught up with this week. Let's get right to it. I'm, I'm going to briefly go through some news items that are on ChuckTV.net right now. Just in case you haven't checked the site, there's just a ton of stuff there. Um, the biggest news, of course, is ChuckFest. That's going to be in San Diego and Los Angeles the weekend of the premiere. Uh, the, there's a lot of detail about that later in the show, but if you just have to get the details right now, go to WeHeartChuck.com and you can see all the latest developments about that exciting event. If you were to go to ChuckTV.net, you'd see that there's a Chuck YouTube contest. You see Zachary Levi and Joshua Gomez uh, give a little message about that contest. And what it is, is you can submit a video 60 seconds or less telling what it is you love about Chuck and why you're excited for the all-new season. You want to be creative because the winning video will be featured in a Chuck ad on the YouTube homepage January 10th when Chuck Season 3 premieres at 9, 8 Central on NBC. And that is just amazing. You can get more details. Uh, There's a link at ChuckTV.net that'll take you right to the detail page at YouTube. There's also an eight-hour Chuck Marathon on the American Sci-Fi Network on Thursday, January 7th. So if you have any friends that you want to get caught up on the new season, um, of course you can get the the Season 2 DVD, which comes out January 5th, but this uh, Sci-Fi Marathon will surely help people get caught up before the the Season 3 premiere happens. They they hand-selected just a few representative episodes from the season, and uh, so I really, really appreciate them doing that. If you like spoilers, Alan Sepinwall couldn't resist. He posted an advanced review of the first five episodes of Chuck Season 3, and you can find the link on ChuckTV.net. As well on ChuckTV.net, Lou posted a great article about Chuck composer Tim Jones, and I really appreciate him doing that. And uh, I actually emailed Tim about it, and Tim was really, really happy and, and pleased 
that he had done that. Of course, one of the things we love to do with the podcast is recognize the people behind the scenes who helped to make this amazing show. And next on the list, NBC's ChuckMeOut.com launched Mission Chuck Me Out, which has daily social networking missions. The winner gets to appear in one of Chuck's flashes in an actual episode. That is way cool. Uh, so go to ChuckMeOut.com for details about that. And last but not least, the results are in for the Chuck fan survey that Mel put together. If you missed them, go to ChuckTV.net for the full details. It's really, really interesting to see what people really said about the show. And that's it for the news briefs, but let me say, this is what you're missing out on if you don't keep ChuckTV.net in your daily bookmarks. So make sure you do, especially over the break. You may not be going to work, but ChuckTV.net and the Chuck promotion people are working very hard to get ready for this new premiere that's coming January 10th. Well, now we're going to move on to listener mail, and it's a, a really exciting section this week because we've got um, some detailed answers to questions. First of all, we wanted to start with CJ. Um, who says very simply, I started watching the show just a few weeks ago, and I just finished season two, and I'm hooked. I can't believe that I didn't start watching this show two years ago when you could see Chuck ads all over the place on city buses, subways, TV ads. And I, I appreciate CJ's message, particularly because it shows that there's still tons of people out there who will love the show if they can just get introduced to it. So make sure that we're introducing Chuck to all of our friends. And next one... We want to listen to an audio question that was sent in by Donald Miller. Hey, Gray, this is Don in Baltimore. I just finished listening to your interview with Matt Barber. And since you work in the business, I was wondering if you could expand on something he was talking about. He kept referring to working on the pilot for Chuck in the first episode about how they had to uh, get the feel, get the tone, um, set the rhythm, and make sure that it fit with what they were looking to do, he made it sound as though the editor really drives that, that the editor is the one who really decides sort of how the show is going to feel. And I don't work in the business. I'm a sales consultant for a medical device company, so I've never worked on TV or anything. But I would have always thought that the producer or director would tell them that this is the way it's going to go, so make it do this. Whereas the way he said it, it made it sound like it was not that collaborative and it was more the editor who made the feeling or made the show have the tone and the sound that it does. So if you could expand on that and maybe explain it a little better, I'd appreciate it. And I'm sure a bunch of other listeners would too. You guys are doing an awesome job. I love listening to your podcasts and uh, keep up the good work and we'll wait for Chuck in January. Thanks. Bye. Well, Don, I want to thank you so much for your question. It's it's a great issue to expand on. And because I also work as an editor, I'd be happy to address it. Uh, of course, I may be a little bit biased, but <laughs> I'm sure you'd understand. Um, in short, it's, it's absolutely collaborative. It's not that the writer, producer, director, and the actors aren't important, but the editor is an equally important creative part of this collaboration. And because he's at the end of the line, he can definitely make or break a show. It's like any process. I mean, you take the design and construction of a building, say. You can have a great concept, but if it's not designed and drawn properly, that concept is not going to be fulfilled. Uh, you can have a great design, but if poor quality materials are chosen or a bad location, it can kill the project. You can have a 
a great design, great materials and tools, yet if the builder doesn't do his job properly, um, you, you get the point. Um, in television, it's even more so because it's a fluid, creative endeavor where tiny nuances can make or break a show. Also, you have to keep in mind that an editor begins work on a show as it is being shot. And so as the, the material comes in, he can assess whether what was actually shot is, is fulfilling the intentions that the writer had or, or the writer may have had intentions and for some reason they're, they're just not cutting together the way that uh, it would work the best. Or even as he's, wa- as he's watching the footage, he can come up with new ideas on, on how something might be taken to a higher level. And so he can even ask for reshoots um, during the editing process. And because he's, he's started as they're still shooting, they can even shoot at the same locations before they're done and, uh, and give new material to, to the editor. Plus, I was actually at the physical building and the editor offices are, are right next to where the writers are. So they can easily talk together. Um, to enhance the the show, the writers can walk down the hall and, and have a look at how things are coming together. And so there, there's definitely a great collaboration that goes on. Obviously, if it's garbage in, the editor can't produce a masterpiece. Um, but on the flip side, if it's well shot, a director will provide the editor with many different choices, um, like variations of shots and angles. The mark of a good director is not necessarily that he gives every single shot perfect, but that he gives different variations that an editor can can choose to um, to enhance or to uh, make sure that the the flow is how it needs to be. And also, it should definitely be mentioned that the director sits with the editor. Um, the editor will put together his first cut, and then the director will sit with him, and they will collaborate together, and the director will give notes. And so it's not that the director's job is done on the set, but he actually is part of the post-production process as well. And uh, a super example of this is the the pilot episode of Chuck. As we heard from Norman Buckley, who edited the pilot, originally there was a storyline that was written and shot involving Chuck's neighbor, Kayla, who was a love interest for him. Also, the Buy More Bit players had a much bigger part. Um, These were well-written. If you read the script, it's it's a great script. They were well-directed. They were well-acted. They were well-shot. Um, they were even edited edited together, and as scenes, they they worked fine. But in the editing process, it became clear that they muddied up the story, they muddied up the flow, and and most importantly, Chuck's character and relation to Sarah um, was affected. And so, the decision was made to delete all of those scenes. And Norm Buckley actually ended up winning an Eddie Award for editing the pilot. Uh, who knows if the Chuck pilot would have endeared all of us, if it was edited the way it was shot. So, absolutely, the editor is a, is a critical part of the process. He's not the only part of the process. Um, every single cylinder has to be firing, but the editor is, is a very important final part um, before the, the show is aired. So hopefully that answers your question, Donald. And we want to make sure that uh, you know that you can send in your audio questions as well as emailed questions and as well as Twittered questions. If you want to send them anyway, we can get them. And another question came in from Sherry or uh, Donutty on Twitter. She says, I was wondering if you can answer a question for me. Do the DVR ratings numbers come from Nielsen households only 
or do they reflect all viewers who watched or recorded on DVR? And do the networks really care about DVR and online viewing numbers? I've read many articles that say they don't because they get no advertising benefit from them since most folks skip the commercials, although I think having Subway incorporated into the show itself is a smart way to get around that fact. I know how important it is to get new Chuck viewers, but I guess my concern is that it doesn't really matter how many new viewers we get if they aren't accounted for in any way unless they're Nielsen viewers. And so to answer this question, Mel had an interview with Robert Seidman from the ratings website tvbythenumbers.com. I am here with Robert Seidman from TVByTheNumbers.com, which has very quickly become the place to go for the not only the ratings, the daily ratings, but actual analysis to help us understand the uh, the ratings for TV shows, um, broadcast, cable, everything. You guys cover everything, don't you? Uh, we cover pretty much everything, although we are much more predictive uh, with with the ratings and analysis on the broadcast shows mm-hmm. when it comes to trying to figure out which shows will be renewed or canceled than we are with uh, with the cable shows because there's just so much more that goes into the, the cable world. I'm not sure that it would be possible <laughs> for us to keep up on that, but we've been pretty accurate with the uh, with the broadcast shows. You really have. It's um, both thrilling and often the the uh, the thrill of defeat as often as the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat yeah to uh, looking at your renew cancel index um, as it goes along but yes you guys have been really really accurate um, and of course back in April and May when the whole is Chuck coming back saga was going on we had a lot of Chuck fans over on your site and then posting on our site and saying, oh, they said this, no, this, no, that. And and uh, I think you guys were fairly confident that it was going to come back, weren't you? The, the show was really on the bubble. Uh, I mean, so at the time, the ratings were, you know, pretty much the way the Renew Cancel Index works is that shows that perform average or better versus the network's average for adults 18 to 49 viewing generally get renewed. And shows that are less than average, uh, especially shows that are way less than the average for the network, generally don't get renewed. And, and Chuck was right around average, and so it could have gone either way. But uh, we figured it because it, NBC couldn't cancel everything, and fortunately for Chuck fans, <laughs> that worked out. Exactly. Fortunate indeed. Yeah, I mean, I think the concern last year, so if, if it had not been for the announcement that Jay Leno was coming and would be taking five hours of prime time. Uh, I don't think there would have been any worry last year about Chuck's renewal at all. But because of, you know, people people saw, hey, five hours are going away. What does this mean? Uh, I think there was a little, and, and we really didn't know what it would mean. Uh, right. I think there was a little extra panic about that. Yeah, we saw that too. When they announced that, the, uh, the fans really started to get agitated. So um, I'm glad that the, the campaign worked and Chuck's back in January. Uh, coming soon. Coming soon to a TV near you, and hopefully your Nielsen family. Uh, which leads to the reason we have you here today, Robert. We have a question from Sherry. Um, she's also known as Donutty in the in the fandom, and she had a question about ratings. And while I kind of understand it all myself, I don't know it well enough to explain it to somebody else. So we thought we would go to the current expert. Uh, okay. 
So here's the question from Cherry. She's, she asked, um, she's wondering if we can answer a question. Do the DVR ratings numbers come from Nielsen households only, or do they reflect all viewers who watched or recorded on DVR? And do the networks really care about DVR and online viewing numbers? She's been reading several articles saying they don't get any advertising benefit from those since most folks uh, skip the commercials. And she says, I think um, having Subway incorporated into the show itself is a smart way to get around that fact. She says, I know how important it is to get new check viewers, but I guess my concern is that it doesn't matter how many new viewers we get if they aren't accounted for in any way unless they are Nielsen viewers. And again, that was Sherry. So what say you? Um, well, so what I say is that the numbers that we report, um, they're all produced by Nielsen. You know, technically, if you're not a Nielsen family, you don't count. But I wanted to take a, a minute and just talk about the way that Nielsen works. Um, so um, you know, Nielsen's a big research firm, and, and so the first thing that they try to do is they, they try to figure out the composition of, of the population in the United States. That ranges from how many people live in each area and and where they live and how many TVs they have in their house and whether they have kids and whether they have pets and whether they buy a pickup truck. Um, the, the, you know, the, the, the modeling that they do, um, it, it, it goes very deep. And then what they do is they try to put together a panel um, to mirror the overall population. And most of the numbers that we report are from the – the Nielsen National Panel, National People Meal, People Meter Panel, uh, and that's only in about 20,000 homes currently. Uh, but the way that the statistical sampling works and the way that they've tried to set it up to project out to the broader universe is that it should produce a fairly accurate uh, response. So although I'm not a Nielsen family, uh, technically people like me should be represented somehow uh, in the sample. And, and so while my DVR viewing or live viewing or any viewing of any TV show will not be measured uh, or included in the Nielsen data because I'm not a Nielsen family, the statistical sampling model hopes that, predicts that people like me will in fact be represented. Mm-hmm. The numbers that we get every day and every week and uh, then the DVR data much later uh, are based on that 20,000 or, or around 20,000 home uh, Nielsen sample. And, and so I think that the, the, the question is, is if you're not a Nielsen family, is your viewing measured? The answer is definitely no, it's not. Um, but, you know, theoretically, for every new person that starts to watch Chuck, somehow that would be captured in any, or any show, somehow that would be captured in the Nielsen sample. Uh, and then I think that the, there was the question about, do the DVR numbers matter at all? Mm-hmm. And because most people skip commercials. And um, I want to talk a little bit about first what Nielsen measures. Uh, and so basically they measure a lot of things. We only report and, and only, only some of those numbers are commonly reported. And so Nielsen measures live viewing, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's people who are watching the program when it's on. Uh, they also measure live plus same-day DVR viewing, which takes the live viewing and then adds on any DVR viewing that happened prior to 3 a.m. after the night that the show aired. And, and so that same-day DVR viewing is in the overnight and national final numbers that are reported daily and weekly. 
and is already included. Then Nielsen also measures um, a full week's worth of DVR program viewing, and that's commonly referred to as Y plus seven, uh, which it, it includes some portion, uh, it includes the same day portion, and then at, of the DVR viewing that was already included, and, and then adds the additional days in. And unfortunately, because of the of, of the way they need to measure that, those results are produced much later. They come out, you know, weeks after the show actually aired. And those numbers aren't commonly reported. And we don't find that they probably make that much of a difference to the show's fate. So we found that fans are very, very interested in those numbers sometimes, especially when the shows are, you know, not necessarily uh, going to, you know, when, when people aren't sure whether a show is going to be renewed or canceled, uh, they look to the DVR numbers to, to see whether they can glean anything. And our take is there's not really anything to be gleaned from that. Uh, you know, around 75% of the people skip most of the commercials most of the time. And so there's not a huge benefit to the networks um, for the DVR viewing when the, when the commercials are getting skipped. And so to the, uh, to the point of, well, then does uh, something like Subway uh, make a difference? Well, I think it's, you know, it's much better when you can integrate product uh, into the show because people aren't fast-forwarding over that. And, and in this case, Subway, you know, to whatever degree it's portrayed in Chuck, um, people won't be likely to fast-forward through it because it's part of the show. So I think, uh, you know, that is important. But I also think that's probably overstated in terms of its importance. You know, for the most part, Subway's already set up, signed up to pay whatever it's going to pay. And, mm. you know, the DVR numbers probably don't matter that much even to, even to Subway. So... What, what I would say is, is it's still going to be the case that if Chuck's numbers are average or better than uh, the NBC average, mm-hmm. then it will likely be renewed. And that's based on, on the live plus same day viewing that we, that we normally report. If it's below average, then it won't matter what the DVR numbers are. Uh, it will still, it will still be uh, a frantic time for the fans. And so I think that the best thing to watch for is how how Chuck is doing in the live plus SD ratings versus um, the NBC average for uh, 18 to 49 million. Does that make any sense? It, yes, it does. So the gist of it is that when we see the ratings the next day for um, the previous night's shows, we are seeing not only the people that watched it live, but the people that watched it on DVR before, what is it, 3, 3 p.m.? Or 3 a.m.? 3 a.m.? Right. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's sort of all over the map depending on what time the show airs. Mm-hmm. But the portion of the overall, you know, what we found is that, is that the, the portion of the DVR viewing that happens on the same night, it ranges from 20% to 80% depending oh, wow. on what the show, uh, of, the, of the total live plus seven DVR viewing, depending on what time it airs and what type of a show it is. So, for example, a lot of people watch a reality show like American Idol on DVR, but maybe they just, you know, are 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 waiting 20 minutes to watch so they can skip through the commercials and they're watching it the same night because they, you know, they want to know what went on on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we see, you know, sometimes American Idol has 70% of its overall DVR viewing will happen the same night. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see some 10 p.m. shows that, you know, maybe it airs on 10 p.m. Friday and maybe only 20% of its DVR viewing 
happened on the same night because people home or they went to bed or whatever. Uh, and, you know, most of those are kind of in the middle of that, probably between 40 to 50% of their, you know, so for a show that's on at 8 or 9 o'clock and it's a scripted show, usually some pretty big chunk of the DVR viewing is included in the overnight numbers. Okay. And, again, those are Nielsen families whose DVRs are being uh, watched, counted. So, I mean, I think this is important because, you know, you, you know, you hear a lot of people complain about, Nielsen is an antiquated system, and I don't think Nielsen is perfect by any means. But the the problem is, is you can't do a full census, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, where you measure everybody and and get exact viewing from everybody, and you can't do that for a few reasons. One is, uh, it it takes a lot of time and it costs a lot of money, and nobody right. nobody wants to do that. I mean, one of the reasons that you know the U.S. census only happens once every ten years is because it takes a long time and it's hard to do and it's very expensive to. Right. To, to do that sort of thing. And so then when people will say, well, why can't they just take the information off of my set-top box? And then even like people who have cable, not all of them have a digital set-top box. And so um, measuring is, is tough. And then on top of that, uh, and this is the problem Nielsen struggles with as it tries to, to begin measuring uh, Internet viewing of video, mm-hmm. is that people don't want their stuff measured. People don't want people to know what they're watching uh, all the time. And so getting everyone to agree, even if you wanted to, to to share their viewing habits is not something that people are willing to do. Huh, that's interesting. Where, you know, you'd think that there's a lot of uh, fans, you know, there's Chuck fans who are saying, please, please make me a Nielsen family. Uh, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. then you find out that there are people that, no, we don't want you to know. So, And what the advertisers in the TV networks want is, they want to be able to get that sort of exact same measurement on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what will happen, and what will begin happening, happening probably with, you know, within the next year or so, is that you'll see a lot of the, the video that's online will, will start, will begin to have the exact same advertisements that aired when the show was on TV, uh, mm-hmm. at least for the first three days after it airs. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so that they can, so, you know, that the TV networks can sell their ads and, get paid whether someone watched them online or watched them on TV. Mm-hmm. And and if Nielsen has, you know, tried to uh, go down the road of measuring this stuff, one of the things they find is people are much less willing to share their, inter- you know, to have their Internet usage tracked than their TV viewing tracked. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess that's not, not all that surprising. No. Yeah, there are things that you go to on the Internet. For example, your banking information Correct. you know you, i don't really want anybody to know where i'm banking some stranger that's actually yeah, trying well, to if, track my viewing habits that's fine but right or if you get sick and you know you're researching your symptoms online mm-hmm. you might want not want anyone to know about that exactly exactly so interesting times interesting times in terms of predicting how is chuck doing mm-hmm. the best thing that you can do is is Look at the over uh, the overnight live plus SD ratings uh, for the program viewing. Uh, see how they compare to, uh, and, and particularly, I mean, we we can't say this enough, and I know a lot of fans don't like it, um, but really, what matters most to the advertisers is the adult eighteen to forty nine viewing, mm-hmm. and that's not so much. A, you know, a lot of the blog, a lot of the commenters on our blog, they think it's really ageist mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it's a bad thing and advertisers are just being ageist because they want to attract young viewers. And it's really not just about that kind of thing. What happens is 
is that in TV viewing, people that are that are over the age of 50 watch a lot more TV, not just a little teeny tiny bit more TV, but a lot more TV than people under 50. Mm. And particularly people under 35 watch much, much less TV than people over 50. And so people over 50, they're just very easy. To, it's not that advertisers don't care about them. Obviously, a lot of the products that are advertised are completely for people over 50. Mm-hmm. However, um, those people are very easy to reach or, or they're much easier to reach than people under 50. And because of the scarcity, uh, the relative scarcity of people under 50, uh, the advertisers put more focus on them because they're harder to reach. And generally speaking, now different networks do different things and different shows do different things, but generally speaking, the broadcast networks cover advertising based on adults 18 to 49. And, and so that's what we focus on and that's how we predict, uh, do, you know, do the renewal, renew cancel predictions. Uh, you know, essentially we compare the, the average for the show, uh, with adults 18 to 49 compared to the network's average, adults 18 to 49. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so the thing to do, and, you know, so Chuck will be on two hours January 10th, mm-hmm. um, and, January 11th around, you know, 11.30 Eastern time, the ratings will come out uh, for the overnight ratings, uh, and there will be a number, and once that number comes out, you know, we'll know immediately, uh, you know, how did it premiere and how that stacked up versus NBC's current average with adults 18 to 49. And then later that day, you know, maybe around uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, the final national numbers come out. And there's, there's usually not much difference between the preliminary numbers we report first thing in the morning and the uh, the final numbers, but sometimes there is because of local preemptions or uh, live events. Uh, but in the case of Chuck, uh, I would think that the, the live plus SD ratings that come out at around 1130 will, will be pretty accurate. Okay. So we need to stop by uh, tvbythenumbers.com. Uh, what around it's it's about noon eastern right yeah we've been a little bit earlier like i mean so generally we post that information between uh between 11 30 and and you know so we usually get that information between say 11 20 and 11 30 eastern time and usually it's up on our site within 10 to 30 minutes after that okay well i know we'll be uh refreshing repeatedly waiting waiting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 we can't wait for that. So, yeah, yeah, we're looking uh, forward. So we're we're looking forward to it. I mean, so I'm a I am a Chuck fan, mm-hmm. but but moreover, I mean, it's you know, so with with the with the TV ratings, you know, there's a lot of shows that just do really well, and they're just you know whether you like them or not, they're just not really interesting to follow uh, in the ratings. So you know, we don't need to worry about NCIS or American Idol. Uh, they're coming back. Uh, and whether you like them or not, you know, the ratings don't really matter because the ratings are so good. Uh, and it becomes the shows that, you know, do right around average, a little better, a little worse, that, that become the most interesting shows on our site. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. You gave us a lot of information. Yeah, hopefully it's not too complex. Well, I'm sure people will still have some questions, but I think you um, cleared up several common questions that we've been getting. So next time we talk to you, it may be more in-depth. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll root for good rating. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, Mel. 
Well, that was a great in-depth interview, and I really appreciate Robert Seidman taking the time to break that down for us. Hopefully, we'll now have a better understanding of what the numbers really mean. I, I admit I was confused, um, and so this is really helpful for me. But on to the main event, Mel's interview with Mark Stevens, the brainchild behind ChuckFest. here with Mark Stevens, who is a Chuck fan with a brilliant idea that turned into ChuckFest. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. Thank you for calling. Well, tell us a little bit about what ChuckFest is and when it is and where it is and all of that good stuff. All right. Uh, ChuckFest is going to be January 9th and 10th. There are going to be two events, well, really three. The first is going to be uh, in January the 9th in San Diego at a place called Lounge SD. It's going to be a nine-hole Nintendo Wii Golf Tournament. And we're going to be doing the same thing in Los Angeles at a place called The Meeting Room. And that's going to be on January the 9th as well. Each uh, event will have uh, 80 participants, and we're going to close it off at 80. Mm-hmm. Um, once we have, there's going to be lots of things involved with the uh, Wii Golf Tournament. And on the next night, January the 10th, the night of the season premiere, we're going to be having a big watching party at the House of Blues, watching the season premiere uh, in the House of Blues on Sunset Strip. Fine. And, yeah, everyone who is a participant in the tournament, they get in to this event for free. Mm-hmm. We're very excited that Subway Restaurants has gotten involved, and they're going to be doing the catering for the watching party. Veto. Yeah. All of this is to benefit the Los Angeles chapter and the San Diego chapter of the American Heart Association. Mm-hmm. It's going those two chapters directly. We want to benefit um, the areas locally. So minus a few of the expenses, the proceeds are going to be going to uh, those two entities, and I'm so happy that folks have wanted to be involved in this. And I, I understand there are some pretty awesome prizes that go along with this. Yeah, I, it, that's one. How it all really came together is because the grand prize, if you come in first or second on in, in each city, first or second in the week golf tournament, mm-hmm. uh, you get to meet and greet Zachary Levi, the star of Chuck, and his buddy Josh Gomez, Morgan on the show, on Sunday, the day of the season premiere, so it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing, I think. You uh, get to play in this tournament with a lot of Chuck fans, uh, both in San Diego and L.A., and then the next day, if you win, you get to meet the stars of the show on the season premiere day. I don't think that you know, that's very unique, and we're mm-hmm. really excited about Zach and Josh helping us out. That is such a cool prize. I'm just thrilled that, uh, well, you know, how really this came about was after the Save Chuck campaign mm-hmm. last year, I remember uh, Zachary Levi saying, this is just the beginning. You guys, you can't do a Jericho. We've got to really support things and when the show comes back. So I said, you know what? Uh, he threw down the gauntlet and let's go. Mm-hmm. And the irony of it is, when it came down to it, he's as good on his word to he is going to be involved in this 
as you know, a meet and greet with uh, Josh on um, with the, the winners. So that'll be four people, two from each event, and there are other great prizes too. Um, the third place in each uh, venue, they win a, a Wii Nintendo Wii game system. That's third prize. Everybody who is a participant in the tournament gets a great swag bag, a goodie bag. Things are coming from Warner Brothers, from uh, NBC, things like Chuck Fest golf balls, T-shirts, lanyards, all kinds of things. So uh, the registration fee for each individual, as an individual contest, is $125. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of that, you get a 1 in 80 chance of meeting Zach. And you get all of these possible prizes and the goodie bag, which will be worth the event registration, I think. Yeah, that's really neat. I mean, it sounds like a good deal um, for the fans. And then, of course, the the bulk of the proceeds go to benefit the American Heart Association. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. Well, I hope at the end of the day we can give both chapters a nice big check. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know Chuck fans will step up. Uh, there's a lot of buzz going on right now. Heard about a couple people that might even come over from London and bless their hearts if they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just, you know, that's what makes this event so special, Melissa. It's the fans. Mm -hmm. The folks really care about the show and putting all that energy together, we get to make a great difference in people's lives. We're going to be saving lives through this. Yeah, that's exciting. it is. I'm I'm thrilled with it, and uh, I'm I'm so glad of your help and all those folks that have been involved in putting it together. Um, the uh, you know if everybody remembers the We Heart Chuck campaign and mm-hmm. how going through Subway and raising the money for American Heart, that's how this uh, developed as well, and mm-hmm. it was a, a long time coming. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we're hoping to get uh, have some uh, folks from the show. Don't know if uh, no promises can be made, but at the watching party, if you just want to come to that, um, it's going to be a twenty dollar charge to get in. Mm-hmm. We ha- there when you want to register for the event, you can go to weheartchuck.com, mm-hmm. weheartchuck.com, and that will send you to a registration site where you can register for being a participant in the week off tournament and watching party, or you can give uh, I, I, an entrance into the watching party on Sunday evening. Okay. So there's two ways to, to win-win. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the proceeds on the watching party on Sunday night, past expenses will go to uh, the Los Angeles chapter of the American Heart Association. Okay. And uh, they and I'll say this: they have been so supportive. Uh, I mean, Claudia Keller, who's the executive director in Los Angeles, and uh, Melissa Willemoss in San Diego, who's the executive director. We're going to be having volunteers from there. We're going to have uh, American uh, heart. We're going to have a heart health awareness. So when you come to the event. Besides getting the goodies and playing in the tournament and having some uh, good food to eat during the day, it, you there will be a heart awareness area where there will be uh, 
information on nutrition, CPR, uh, defibrillators, all those kind of things, and we're very excited about having them participate in the events. Well, Mark, I'm so glad that this has come to fruition. I remember back in May is when you first contacted me with the idea, and it has certainly been a long, long road getting it to where it is now, but it sounds like it's going to pay off and be just a really exciting thing and a really unique thing for a fandom uh, to, to get to celebrate the premiere in this way. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much, and thank you to everyone. We want Chuck fans to step up. If you're in the uh, Southern California area, please come and be a part of this. It's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Who knows if we will ever get get to do it again, but I, I want everybody, and if you want to come from across the country, please make it a destination. It's a great, how about this, Mel, um, it is a wonderful Christmas gift. It is a wonderful Christmas gift, and you know who, we were just talking before we actually started the the interview, we were talking about the weather in our respective areas, and you're in, in uh, balmy Texas while I'm mm-hmm. in frozen Kansas and uh, it's you know if you happen to be in one of the frozen areas a trip to Southern California in January not a bad idea no I, in fact you know just imagine the a, a sunset on the beach mm-hmm. and um, you know playing a game raising some money for heart and, mm-hmm. and just relaxing out you know San Diego you know yeah. it's a beautiful place to go it is beautiful LA it's a happening and House of Blues is a cool place to visit, and well, I, you know, we get to watch Chuck on the big yeah. screen. Watch it with a bunch of fans and get the chance to meet some of the some of the actors, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like I said, it, and that's a, it's limited. Um, yeah. We we only have I mean, like I say, for both events, but for the watching party, it's I think around. The details have just been hammered out. We have close to 350, but minus the 160 here. So we have like 150 or 190 spaces mm-hmm. for the watching party on Sunday at House of Blues. So all the details will be uh, linked up at weheartchuck.com. And, of course, uh, Chuck TV and uh, other sites have been so gracious to um, want to connect up with us as well. And... Uh, and I really appreciate your time today, Melissa, for letting me share this. And uh, let's save some lives mm-hmm. and raise some money for the Heart Association. Well, thank you, Mark. And uh, Chuck fans, once again, weheartchuck.com. That's the place to go to get the details. Excellent. Take care. Thanks. You too. Man, I know I was in LA in September, but I really wish I could be back for Chuck Fest. That sounds really, really cool. Um, I want to thank Mark Stevens for doing that interview, and uh, I'm going to be looking for the ratings uh, as soon as the premiere comes out because I want to make sure that Chuck is doing well and will come back for a fourth season because we all definitely want that to happen. We want to thank our sponsors, Movie Morons Podcast and SyrianJunkies.de. I urge you to check out both of our sponsors by going to ChuckPodcast.com and clicking on the links on the right-hand side of the page. And that's all we have. Um, Please vote for us at Podcast Alley. You can pre-order your Chuck Season 2 DVD at Chuckazon. 
And don't forget, you can support the podcast with donations and by buying podcast-themed merchandise. And also, let's make sure to hear your listener emails, especially as the new season is coming up. Over the break, I do hope to post the last two editor interviews. Want to wish everybody a great holiday, but make sure you keep checking chucktv.net and chuckpodcast.com. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.